This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, we're back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Uh, Steve is out. Matt Belanger from Five Eyewitness News is in. Thank you. You've been really out, out. Hunting your coverage, and we appreciate oh, that. Oh, thanks. Hi, guys. Yeah, glad to be here. Just yeah, wanna, you're wanna, doing double duty. Want to contribute, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting good at, like, finding all the good oh, great. Hollywood stuff to talk about. Yeah, Juicy. you're nailing it. Well, I'm trying. Thank yes. you. I had a good teacher. Oh, boy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't teach you anything. Showing me the ropes. You got you to... Gotta, you either have it or you don't. You sink or right? swim, baby. That's right. There pulls over there. <laughs> um, let me start with this Kevin Spacey story right oh, now yes. because he um, he is taking the witness stand in his sexual misconduct trial uh, that was on Monday, and he flatly denied um, Anthony Rapp's allegation. Uh, he repeatedly broke down in sobs. He grew visibly anguished as he talked about his father and uh, his father being a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi. Um, he said he was forced to listen to hours and hours and hours of uh, lectures from his father, instilling in him a hatred of bigotry. His lawyers have argued that this, this Anthony Rapp, um, they argue that he created a story because he was jealous of Kevin Spacey's success in the entertainment industry. Rapp had filed a lawsuit against Kevin Spacey two years ago, and his lawyers are seeking $40 million in in damages. But on Monday, the judge overseeing the trial tossed out uh, Anthony Rapp's claims uh, for intentional infliction of emotional distress. Okay. Uh, The judge said that claim repeats and realleges Rapp's allegation of battery. And... um, then Kevin Spacey just continued to talk about his father. There's articles out there and, and you can read them. But I don't know what Kevin Spacey is flat out saying this didn't happen. But and he had no belief that this had happened because it was 30 years ago. He said he was kind of forced to apologize and. He said, never apologize for something you didn't do. And he regretted his entire statement Hmm. that he had made to Anthony Rapp. But now he's saying that um, that apology has done some serious uh, damage to his career and reputation. So he uh, basically broke down sobbing, saying, I was accused by the gay community of trying to change the subject, of mm-hmm, conflating mm-hmm. the allegations with being gay, which was never my intention. Right. Um, and he said he never would have done anything to hurt the gay community. It was wrong. It was really bad. I'm deeply sorry. Because, you know, he chose that moment to come out. 
right. as gay when we're talking about allegations yeah. that a 14-year-old child yeah. was abused. And right. So it's just mm. it's it's a really interesting case. Um, so what's he saying? Wait, hold on a minute. So he's getting on the stand. He's breaking down, and he's talking about his upbringing, and you know, talking about the difficult relationship he had with his father. Is this his, sure. is this his excuse? He's like, oh, I'm, I don't know. Why, why you know, I'm not following this case the way I was following, like the Johnny Depp def, uh, defamation case. Yeah, no, and I'm not quizzing you. My question was more like, like, what are you doing, Kevin Spacey? Well, like, this what, is his know. lawyers trying to yeah. probably create sympathy to some degree. A legal maneuver. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, wow, really. Really interesting to see mm. where this is going to go. What th- what's going to happen with this? You know, Anthony Rapp, who I'm sure is scarred by this event. event that he alleges happened. So, but that right now, I believe, is the latest on that story. So, mm-hmm. whoo, that's a toughie. Also, in other lawsuit news, oh, this is big, yeah. George Floyd's daughter is preparing to sue Kanye West for $250 million. Um, If you haven't been paying attention to Kanye West lately, well, bravo, first of all. But it's worth noting that in addition to the comments he made about um, Jewish people, he also made a target out of George Floyd in recent days. He has come to believe that George Floyd did not die from, uh, you know, from police officer Derek Chauvin's knee being on his neck for eight plus minutes. Mm -hmm. He claims that his knee was never on Floyd's neck in the first place. And instead, he thinks that George Floyd was killed by fentanyl. There's video. Come on. Yay. So the mother of Floyd's daughter, Gianna, is planning to sue Kanye on her behalf, the daughter's behalf, for harassment, uh, misappropriation, defamation, infliction of emotional distress, and she wants $250 million in damages. And their attorney sent Kanye West a cease and desist letter saying Mr. Floyd's cause of death is is, um, well settled through evidence presented in courts of law. During the criminal and civil trials, uh, those, you know, and that is proof of the horrific way he died. Um, And then they went on to say to Kanye, you've maliciously made statements that are inaccurate and unfounded, causing damage to his estate and to his families. Mm -hmm. And I think other members of Floyd's family may file lawsuits of their own, too. Sure. If I'm not mistaken, tell me if this rings a bell for you. I thought I had read somewhere that Kanye contributed to the George Floyd's daughter's education in some way. I, I, it's not. I'm not remembering that, but okay. it's possible. Yeah, or maybe it's it was just an offer or mm-hmm. whatever. But this obviously was before these statements that Kanye's been making. Yeah, I mean, and that yeah, you're right. This quote that he said was, "They hit him with fentanyl." If you look, and I'm quoting here, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. That's that's what this all comes down to. That's this. That's this. The crux of this. It's lawsuit really now. curious, like what his motive is right. in telling in saying these controversial things. Well, he had the White Lives Matter uh, T-shirt on at an event that caused people to leave. He's just doing re-traumatizing these, right. these, these people. Yeah, because now they feel like they have to defend him. 
Right. Um, and the court found Derek Chauvin guilty. Like, I mean, Derek right. Chauvin is behind bars. Like, it's it's the trial is over. Like, there's no up in the air. This is still not being figured out. Right. It's done, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just causing so much more Gosh. damage. Okay, as the story goes, in 2020, mm-hmm. uh, Kanye reportedly donated $2 million oh, to the families you found it. of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor uh, and Ahmaud Arbery as part of the financial aid. He started a college savings fund for um, George Floyd's daughter. So this is all just very bizarre and obviously not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. I'm wondering if this is part of, you know, a manic episode or or something along those could, lines. Yeah, I, and, well, he's, I mean, we talk about him way too often, I mean, yeah. for doing something like this. And it just troubles me so deeply because this family has been through so much it. Right. Mm-hmm. And here here this comes bubbling up again. And now I mean, and they're and they're do you know, they're doing what they want to do. They, they're they're going to bring this lawsuit. They you could argue that they should bring this lawsuit sure. because you, know, you got to defend what happened. And, but uh, but it's not just affecting them. It's I mean, the community at large was traumatized by this. Absolutely. And, and here we go again with this conversation because of because Kanye West decided to be. Yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. Gosh, it's yeah. just it's, it's infuriating. It really is. It is. But uh so that's out there. Just wow. wanted to share well, thoughts on that. To, you know, absolutely. To know. We'll uh we'll lighten things up a little bit here <laughs> and come back with a couple of studies. Is hitting snooze really that bad for you? Oh, it can it's a it's it's pretty dangerous for me because yeah. Same. I've done that, and then I've like gone deep back into yes. sleep, and I've almost missed the news. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people. We'll discuss that, and also the age in which we give up trying to be trendy. <laughs> Apparently, it's 38 for me. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, we'll discuss all according to a new study when we come right back on my talk. All right, we are back. We've got studies. Let's be buddies. Studies have shown that... Studies have shown that the microbial... Several long-term studies have shown... They've studied the studies. Several scientific studies have shown... And here with their findings are study buddies... The perfect nerd couple... Donna and Steve. All right, I have a study about hitting the snooze button when you wake up. (laughs) We've all done it. Um, a recent poll found that we are most likely to do it on a Wednesday. <laughs> I set lots of different times. Yeah. I don't snooze. I go 545, 6, 608, 614. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I just keep doing it. And then um, once I know I'm standing, I'm upright and getting things done, <laughs> then you... I go in and I start deleting them. That's funny. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've had a couple near misses to where... I've, you know, you tell, you talk to yourself in your head, right? Absolutely. Or am I the only one? Nope, nope, <laughs> you're not. Because you're like, okay, so like, I'm going to just turn this off and I'm just going to lay here and pet the dog with my eyes closed for a minute. Yes, <laughs> and then, right. And then you, and then you, in your head you go, <gasps> and then you wake up and it's 20 minutes later and you're like, ah! Yeah. So we've totally been there. But so is it, is it bad for you? Like health wise? Thank you for asking. Um... It might not be as bad as people think. Oh. The general thought is you're better off setting your alarm for nine minutes later and not hitting snooze at all. So just get up when you're supposed to, people. Right. Or set it for, you know, 
six oh nine instead of six o'clock, yeah. and then get up. Yeah, um, but that's hard because then you're going to want to snooze. Then that's what I was thinking. Well, <laughs> researchers at Notre Dame or Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Uh, found it might not make a huge difference either way. See. The, the thought on setting it nine minutes later and then just getting up is that your sleep doesn't get interrupted. Yeah. So hitting snooze, you're up, then you're back to sleep. See, I don't, I don't view the time that you snooze as actual, like, I don't count that as, like, sleep. sleep. That's more like a psychological negotiation yes. period. Yes, okay, that's, like, that's fair. Yeah? That's fair. <laughs> it's more like, um, a, I'm going to tell myself, this is my reward. <laughs> so, so these researchers found it might not make a huge difference either way. So if that's how you like to wake up, don't worry about it too much. And if, and you're not alone because 57% of people in the study were habitual snoozers. Yeah. Now the bad news. Oh, no. They basically found that using an alarm at all isn't great. Ideally, you should be going to bed earlier so your body wakes up naturally. Give me a break. I will tell you the people I don't trust. The people who (laughs) just say, I wake up on my own naturally. Uh, Like if somebody knows that they have surgery at 10 o'clock or a flight, you mean to tell me you're not setting an alarm? You're just counting on your body to just wake up when it's supposed to? (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) I mean, I think that means you're not getting good sleep. Yeah, something's up. I dated a guy who drank coffee, kept it on the side of the bed. And still, what? yeah, and he would wake up just naturally. He's like, oh, yeah, I know when I have to be, you know, I have well, an appointment. Caffeine does affect people differently. So maybe he was like a low effect person. Maybe. That is, no, I have to. And I think people, come on, third shifters or, or you know, people who have off schedules. You know, I'm talking to you. You know, you think about um, people who have the unpredictable work hours, the flight attendants of the world who are who are waking up. In different time zones, sure. and I mean, you, yeah. you, you got to have an alarm. I mean, I do, there's just no way I would never ever trust myself to just naturally wake up at two in the morning, like because it's not going to happen. And no. I've tested it on weekends, and you know when I naturally wake up, like eight. Right. So the show's over basically right. by that point. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, they also found that people who do use an alarm tend to be more sleep deprived in general. Oh. Um, they said waking. To one alarm or hitting the snooze button and waking to two or three alarms doesn't make much. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Much of a difference. You, if you need an alarm, 
because you're sleep deprived, that's the issue. Oh. Okay, we found nothing out in that study. Well, but I do agree because I do have two alarms and I sometimes choose between the one or the other one that's 15 minutes later. And I tell myself when I set that 15 minutes later one, I'm giving myself a little extra sleep. I say, I have to get up, no questions asked when that goes off. Right. So I kind of already do the whole set it later, don't snooze thing. But it's again, it's like, Gosh, I am the worst person in the world to argue with, and I have to argue with myself all the time. I do too, all the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. And your hours are just brutal. Oh, whatever. Um, okay, another study: the average person gives up trying to be trendy at the age of. What do you have it? a guess? I, I'm saying this year for me, it's 38. It's got to be. It's 35. Wow, well, I'm a little late bloomer. Okay, 37 percent of people are overwhelmed by the volume and speed of fashion trends. don't have the confidence to try the hottest styles. That's me. 49% struggle to strike a balance between trendy and age appropriate. That's also me. That is that. Yeah. And some people, we all see the people who are struggling with that. Yep. (laughs) And I, I think it's great when I see like an older person wearing something cool, like a top. No, I'm thinking more like a concert <laughs> tee or yeah. maybe bell bottoms, which are coming back right yeah, now, yeah. or high-waisted jeans. I love it. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I have a little more respect for that person. Well, but sometimes it doesn't work. Like, it's got to work for them. That's the well, thing. Well, you have to look decent in That's it. That's right. Yeah, like, you can't if you just look, be if, like... If you look at, like, ridiculous, you know, then... Right. It doesn't... It doesn't it's not just about putting on the clothes. Listen... I've hit this, and I'm at the point, and I've said this before, where I now um, get clothes at the same store where I also buy produce. <laughs> I mean, I've reached that age. I'm like, I'm in Costco, oh, happy as it. a little little clam. You get your everything And I'm there. like, oh, we need to get eggs, and oh, look, a sweatshirt for $11. Well, that's you say you that know? because like, Steve Patterson is happy. the same exact way. Totally happy with this. Yeah, Steve is... Uh, He'll see a sweatshirt and he'll buy four of them. And then he'll go do his grocery shopping. I get it. I get it. Um, 38% of people say they feel judged by others when trying to stay ahead of the fashion curve. Every time I walk in this office, it's like a runway. And they're all looking. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They're not. (laughs) Bradley's out there. You're wearing that? Really? Right? (laughs) Totally. Not at all. Oh, my God. All right. So, Rocco, are we playing? I think we should. Woo-hoo! All right, we're going to play the Millennial X game. So that means we need a little bit of an older person, a little bit of a younger person on the line right now. 651-641-1071. You will be our lifeline. So millennial and maybe Gen uh, Xer. Gen Xer boom. All right. Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve without Steve on My Talk 1071, where Who's talk Steve? is fun. I know, right? Just kidding. Now, Steve will check in again on Friday at 9 30. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll have another horrifying story to share with everybody. Oh, if you missed was... it, you can listen to hour one of the oh. podcast. Okay, there you go. Uh, let's play a game Generation X versus Millennials. These are the Millennial X Games. Steve, the millennial. <sighs> I can't even. Versus Donna, the Gen Xer. Like, totally awesome. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, here's the deal. You might have heard it from the intro, but I'm going to quiz Donna on millennial pop culture stuff. I'm going to quiz Matt, the millennial on Gen X pop culture stuff. They each get a lifeline on the phone to help them answer one question and one question only. Yay! Here is Mary, who will be uh, Matt's helper. Hi, Hi Mary. Mary. 
Hi there. Hi, Mary. Okay, thank you. I'll call on you for one of these, okay? Okay. All right, hang Excellent. on. And? Okay, and we've got Ryan, who will be Donna's helper. Yes, hi, Ryan. Hey, Donna. Thank- I'm a grandpa millennial, but I'm hoping I can help you out. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, it's geriatric millennial, <laughs> of which I am one as well. <laughs> um, okay, excellent. How old are you, can I ask? Uh, 40. Perfect. That's okay. perfect. That's Thank good. you. Stand by. I okay. will be calling on you. Who is going to go first? Can I, I go first? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll go first. Me okay. and Ryan. Okay. Uh, I got to bring the wheel out here. Okay, put here it right in front of you. Nice polished job on that. Thank Looks you. Good. Okay. Go for it, Donna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> <A little> WD40. <laughs> Television. Television. Uh, for a lot of your questions today, Donna, I'm going to go back to the year 1999. Okay. Why well, you got to say um, it like that? Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in the fall of 99, a show debuted. And when people make lists of shows that were brilliant but canceled, this show often tops that list. It only ran for one season. But it helped introduce the world to James Franco, Seth Rogen, oh. Jason Segel, and Judd Apatow. Okay, let me think can this through. Can you name that show? I think I can. And yeah. it just popped into my head at the very last second. I think the show is called Freaks and Geeks. Final. Yeah. Yes! Wow. Never saw it. That is a wow. good show. If you can watch it, it's. I thought it was pretty great. Okay. Pulled that out. Yeah, it just popped into my head. Seriously, it was like a gift. I didn't know it. Okay, ready to spin that wheel, Maddie B? Let's go! Music. (laughs) My weakness. Um, we're gonna go back to the year nineteen. 87 for years. Okay. Matty B. Okay. Uh, the number one song in the country on Billboard this week in 1987 opened with Michael Jackson singing the lyric, Your butt is mine. <laughs> Name it. <laughs> Ooh, I think that that's something that Mary might know. So how about we just throw caution to the wind? I'm gonna, she's looking at, Donna's looking at me like, You're using your lifeline already? Yeah, that's Come okay. on, Mary. Uh, maybe Mary will know. Can we bring in Mary? Yes, she's right. there. What do you think, Mary? Do you know a Michael Jackson song from 1987 that starts with Your Butt is Mine? Oh, I should know it. <gasps> oh, no. She's like, she clams up in the... Your Butt is Mine? Your Butt, your butt, is, butt is, mine. is Mine. There's kind your of a funny story behind it, too. Mine. Yeah. 1987. Let's think about the year. Let's think what was going on. It was a big song. Donna, do you know it? Nope. Okay. Well, all right. It's a tough one. Rocco hates me. If you want, the second lyric is gonna tell you right. Anything, Mary? No, that didn't help. Ah, okay, well, we're gonna have to just pass on that, buddy one. Sorry. Okay, that was fun. Yep. Um, the <laughs> song I was looking for was <laughs> Bad. Hmm. Nico, oh. I'm bad, I'm bad, you know it. He actually wanted that song to be a duet with Prince. He had a meeting with Prince, had him over to his house, and Prince is like, I'm not singing a duet with you that starts out with a line, your butt is mine, dude. I don't ever recall that part of the song. Well, then, take it out of the podcast. All right. Because here it comes, question mark. Um, Boo, do, 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 do. (laughs) Suspenseful music. I guess I never knew 
that's what that lyric was. Okay, I don't know what Prince's problem would have been with this song. He's got some dirty birdie songs out there. True. I think there was a couple. I've read some stories about it. I think Prince thought, you know what? This corny. This will be kind of. He's like, you can do this on your own. This doesn't need to be a duet. (laughs) But uh, I like the way Michael Jackson was thinking. Like, that would be kind of fun to have those two kind of battle. Oh, my God. Yes. Because it was kind of a battle in the mid to late 80s between those two, you know, on the Billboard charts. Sure. Whatnot. But enough about them. Sorry, everyone. R.I.P. to both of those guys. Yeah. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Movies. Movies. Okay. The number one movie in the country this week in 1999 was directed by David Fincher. Mm-hmm. The female lead was Helena Bonham Carter. Mm-hmm. It was based on the 1996 novel uh, of the same name, written by a guy named Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk, I don't know. P-A-L-A-H-N-I-U-K. If I told you the two male leads, it would mm-hmm. be too easy. So name it based on... The clues I've given you. David Fincher, not David Lynch. Correcto. Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Helena Bonham Carter, 1999. Is it the one where she like makes a pie? And oh, that's um the Johnny Depp one, right? The Stephen Sondheim. I don't know. I think Sweeney Todd. That's what I was thinking of. I think what I am going to do, Helena Bonham Carter. So she was married to Tim Burton. (laughs) So I think I might be getting her mixed up with Isabella Rossellini. Helena Bonham Carter. I think I'm going to have to go to my lifeline, Ryan, Ryan, and hopefully he can help. This one is kind of a tough one. Ryan. Ryan. Although this movie, go ahead. This movie has kind of lasted the test of time, I think they say. Uh, David Fincher, 1999, Chuck Palahniuk book. Uh, gosh. Nothing. I'm picturing like a flower. No, that's okay. That's all right. Is there a flower involved or a leaf of some sort? I believe uh, the movie poster involves a bar of soap. Mm, Oh, I got it. Shoot. (laughs) It's Fight Club. It's Fight Club. I don't get that, though. Okay. I gave Matt a second clue on the first one. You're going to give that to me? I don't know. I will accept. Does it really matter? Okay, fine. All right. Yes, because we keep score. Do we? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Back to Matt. Hello, let's Hit go. Hit it. Television. Television. All right. In October of 1987, a popular daytime game show host stopped dyeing his hair brown and appeared for the first time with white hair and was given a minute-long standing ovation by the audience. Name that daytime game show host. Uh, I mean, like the only part, I mean, literally, I'm thinking like game show host and old, and I'm thinking Bob Barker. <laughs> That's like literally what I'm thinking. I don't even remember what color his hair was, but I mean, that's my guess. Uh, hold on, let me just. Oh, God. Lock it in. I'm going to say Lock Bob Barker. I'm going to say thank you, Donna. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Donna. Yes, Bob Barker. I wouldn't have gotten that. I'm like, old guy, game show, Bob Barker. Get your, go. Hey, get your pet spayed or neutered. 
Do yeah, that. definitely do that. <laughs> Thank and get you. your wheel spun. <laughs> okay. Big money. Music, Donna. Nope, not gonna. Uh, the number one song this week in 1999 was from the album Supernatural. Okay. And opens with the lyric, "Man, it's a hot one." Okay. Should I keep going? No. Okay. Because I have a lot more context. Okay, please, go if ahead. you want them. Well, I know who it is. It's Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas, but I don't <laughs> think I know the name of the song. It's is it. According to this, go ahead. It was ranked as the third most successful song ever on Billboard's greatest of all time Hot 100 song listing. And in 2000, it won Grammy for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Collaboration. Okay, I have to Billboard. sing it out. <laughs> she takes Do the words. Let's hear it. It's like one word. Yeah. Sing it out. Sing out. I can't. I, I'm distracted. Here's your it's a hot one. I can't. I can't. Um, I I don't know the name of the song. It's um, it's oh, it's like cloud or da da. It's like it's like cl clump. Clump. It's like uh, it's a hot one. I can't. I can't get the tune. Um. It starts with a C. <laughs> it's it's a one word song. It is a one word song. It's like stomp, lump. Oh, it's very close. La, la, Any thoughts, love. Maddie B? No. La, what is it? Smooth. 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 Okay, so it's two to one. <laughs> Matt has a chance to tie it here. Let's Come go. on, Maddie B. Um, Woo, it goes like big this. money. <laughs> Movies. 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 Uh, at the 1987 Oscars. What is up with 87? Why? That's the year he picked. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Uh, I guess Rockwell won... just picks one year. Okay. A woman won for Best Actress uh, in her debut role in the movie Children of a Lesser God. Mm. What? She is the first deaf performer to win an Academy oh, Award, as well as like the youngest <laughs> winner in the Best Actress category. You'll get this. Uh, name her. I, maybe at the time she was youngest. I don't know if it still stands. But in '87, she was the youngest. She couldn't her. have been younger than she Jody won Foster. best best actress. I think Jodie Foster maybe was at the Oscars, and she's deaf. You yes, say. that's basically what you think need of to know. the only deaf actress you know. <laughs> I don't know that I know this. I'm so. <laughs> oh no! For a while, I think oh, she was even the head no. of the Academy. Oh, I'm, um, I don't know. I really. What if we gave you some initials? I don't know. I, I don't. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose. I don't know. Can I guess? Oh, okay, sure. You can, you can guess. Uh, Marley Matlin. Yes. 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 That means, uh, Donna's the winner. Matt is the loser. Let us. Yay! Let's have sorry, a concession Mary. speech from Mary. I'm hey, sorry, Mary. Mary. Thank you, though. Hey. Thank you, honey. I'm sorry I didn't deliver. Well, I knew it, but I couldn't think of her first name. Oh, that's okay. So We're good. There's always next time. The beautiful thing about my talk is it just keeps rolling. <laughs> Call us again sometime. <laughs> okay, bye, Mary. And bye, then Mary. here's our winner, Ryan. Ryan. Woo! Nice job, Donna. I was yelling smooth. It's so loud. I know, and I was <laughs> thinking... I'm in St. Paul, so. Oh, my God. I was thinking that you were... Yelling, yeah. I'm like, I know it's one word. Come on. Um, thank you. Congratulations. And have a great rest of your day. Hang on the line for Rocco, okay? 
Thank you. All right. Bye, Ryan. Mm-hmm. All right. Everybody else, uh, final stretch of the show when we come back. This is kind of interesting. Let's hear from um, Meghan Markle. Yeah. She talks about, she's doing a podcast and talked about why she quit the game show Deal or No Deal. Oh. So we'll hear from her. We'll do our apple, onion, find out what the soup is today. All mm. coming up next on My Talk. Final stretch. Of the Donna and Steve show on my talk 1071 everything entertainment woo uh Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson Steve is in California he'll be back someday someday over someday. the rainbow yes in the meantime we got Maddie B from TV hanging hey. out we got Mr. DJ Rock Lobster um and uh I came across this audio of Meghan Markle um I'm not familiar with her podcast. I will say that. Yeah, no, I, I just I saw the clip. And I don't know if she's not talking to somebody. I don't know if I like the format. See what you guys think. Here she is talking about why she left Deal or No Deal. She was one of the girls who opened oh. up the suitcases. Oh, okay. Okay, so here she is. But I was thankful for the job, but not for how it made me feel. I didn't like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. And that's how it felt for me at the time, being reduced to this specific archetype. The word bimbo. It was solely about beauty and not necessarily about brains. I was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me, but that wasn't the focus of why we were there. And I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing that I was so much more than what was being objectified. Okay. I mean, first of all, that's fair. Yes, her argument here or her point is is like preach, girl. Like, yes, that is absolutely fair to say. And and I get it. It's like, okay, I I'll have visibility on this show. Mm-hmm. I I can use it to get to the next thing. Become a princess. That right. Sort of stuff. But then <laughs> when you get on when you're on the show, you probably are like, okay, really? I mean, I wonder how Vanna White feels. I don't think it's much different. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of what your tolerance is or what you're willing uh, to be a part of. She said um, she was still really grateful because she was an auditioning actress. Mm -hmm. Um, She had a job that could pay her bills. She had income. She was part of the union. She had health insurance. That part was great. Sure, sure, sure. Um. But she had studied international relations in college, and there were times when she was on the set and thinking back to her time working as an intern at the U.S. Embassy in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, mm. and being in the motorcade with the Secretary of Treasury and being valued specifically for her brain. And then while her job on the show consisted of her, you know, holding a briefcase on stage. Yeah. She said she was being valued for something quite the opposite. Well, sure. I mean, we get it. I, I feel like, I don't, I mean, I feel like, but, but she's not like she was being forced to do that job. Right. You know she what I mean? accepted so, the job. Right. right. Like, you, this is what you signed up for. You look great and open up the, the case. Right. Here's your check. Yeah. I don't know. So, well, uh, interesting. I'd like, I would like to know more about the, 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 the process pod. on the show. She said, you know, before all the tapings, the girls would line up and there were different stations of having your lashes put on then your extensions and padding in your bra. People were given spray tan vouchers each week because there was an idea of what 
they should look like. Yeah. So kind of interesting. I I would like to uh, check out her podcast. Yeah, it sounded um, it sounded very highly produced. The podcast sounded very yeah, edited. So I looked it up. That's her podcast. I believe it's Archetypes. Okay. Don't they have a kid named Archie, or is that the other one? They do. So I wondered if it has a pun on that. Archetypes? Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, it's uh, it's a podcast with just her. It's not her and her husband. Yeah, mm. I just to me, that's kind of a weird format. Yeah. Unless you're doing some kind of... I don't know. I guess it can be done. No, I guess I just I just noticed that it sounded. You know how like if I mean we do this a lot. We listen really intensely, and maybe we notice things that most people don't. Right with audio. Right. But like I can tell that like that was very highly edited. You know, it wasn't a casual conversation stream of consciousness. Just kind of her ad libbing whatever's coming off to you know talking about it. Right. She. It was like. Clearly read, written, polished, edited, exactly. tightened up, you know, That's, all that stuff. It, it, yeah. ca- it came off as very stilted a little yeah, bit to me. Yeah, and just to hear someone monologuing, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know. I'd have to listen to a little bit more, I guess. I'm open-minded to Yes, it. exactly. Uh, do you have an apple and an onion? I sure can, um, but maybe we should, can, we, can you go first? <laughs> um, okay. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by hearing... The Rock duetting with Kelly Clarkson. That was very fun because I had never yes. seen the movie Coco and I didn't know that he uh, could sing that way. So that was my apple and my onion was um, the the Kevin Spacey story. Oh, it's a big yeah. downer and I'm, you know, it's out there. We have to talk about it, but it's just kind of a, it's just kind yeah. of a downer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Uh, my apple was seeing you light up like a Christmas tree talking about roller skating coming back. That was so fun. Yeah. That was at uh, 10 15 this morning, uh, second hour. And uh, you know, it was, it's just, it's, it's retro. It's coming back. They had skating for the first time since the 1940s in Rockefeller center. So How cool fun. was that? Really fun. And my onion, uh, will probably be Steve's phone call talking about his, uh, massage experience. <laughs> I just, I, I, I didn't need to think about that. If you missed it, that's an hour one. Rocco, would you like to participate today? Sure. Uh, my onion was, uh, you know, giving five minutes to Kanye is sure. nonsense. <laughs> but my apple was, I took those five minutes and wrote all the questions for the uh, 11.30 <laughs> trivia game. Well played. It that's was a good. great nice way job. for me to right. spend my time. Should I do the thing? You want to hit the Come moose soup? Soup after. Here right. goes. Come on, everybody. Let's find out what's the soup. Do you want to guess? My neighbor brought me over. Give him a hard soup time. Tell him it's night. lobster bisque day. Oh, you know okay. what? Guess what? We all know what it is. It's Stop Wednesday. it. Sorry. We'll find out what's for lunch. Is it? Um, I know that too. No, my neighbor brought me over Hello. homemade. Oh, hi, hi, Alice. Hi. Hi. Can you put us through to you know who? <laughs> Cafeteria. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, girl. See ya. Um, homemade split pea soup last night. Unsolicited. Because you love it. Is that your favorite? She was making it anyway. At top of the list. Okay. Way all right, top. All right, all right, all right. We'll see. So good. It's it's lobster bisque day, right, Rocco? No. It, Jeff, oh. Brian. Hey, Brian. Hi. Hey, what you doing? Uh, you know. Working. some food. Stirring okay. the soup. <laughs> you so know, is it, it is National Seafood Bisque Day. Seafood Bisque Day. Did, did, you, did you follow the national day today, I buddy? I didn't. That's, it's Wednesday. So. It's chilly. All right. Yeah, what's for lunch? Chilly. We got uh, buffalo chicken wrap or salad. Mm. Excellent. Um, thank you. Is it busy or? No, we're all right. Um, <laughs> little uh, tired. Belanger in the morning comes in 
way too hot. Yeah. Oh, like tell a, me about it. He's like an alarm <laughs> clock. Is there a button we can push? I don't have a snooze. I was made without a snooze button. So, oh, man. He's yeah. like the, you're like, oh, I just want to turn the volume down a little. Yeah. Well, somebody has to show that coffee pot who's boss, that, oh, that yeah. magic right. coffee okay. box. Right, Love bye. you. Right, bye. Love you long time. Bye. Okay. Love, it's like he knows the show's ending, too. <laughs> I know. He's got the same clock. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Oh, that's great. All right. Awesome. Everybody enjoy your soup today. Enjoy yes. your lunch. Uh, I love that we're coming up on soup weather. That makes me so happy. You are just, you are just. I love soup. <laughs> I love it. Oh, if goodness. I could eat soup every day, yeah. I will. Hey, go take care of buddy. You know? I, I will. Thank Give you. I have an appointment before that, but okay. um, thanks everybody for listening and yes. participating. Thanks for letting me lose gracefully all the games. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Uh, we out of here. Colleen and Bradley are coming in next, so make sure you keep on listening after that. Lori and Julia, of course. See you back here tomorrow at 9. Have a great day. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.